While the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way we live and work, it's also accelerated our switch to shopping online and contactless payments. Like millions of people around the world, I've been living a cashless life since March last year as I was concerned about the spread of infection through banknotes and coins. Since then, my life has been cashless, but I'm not the only one. Millions of others have also been living a cashless life, according to a survey in March by moneytransfers.com. Meanwhile, another study by Standard Chartered found that 64% of respondents expect the UAE to be a fully cashless society by 2030. Are you ready for a cashless life? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is my co-host, Alice Hain who's here to debate the pros and cons of living in a cashless society. Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocket Full of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to the show, Alice. It's great to have you here. It's good to do a show with you for a change, Felicity. I'm looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, I know. I think it's going to be fun. So it's all about living a cashless life. And I have to say it was only recently that I realized that I hadn't used cash, physical cash, for more than a year. And I haven't actually missed it. Have you switched to digital payments as well or are you still using cash in some situations? Yes, I've been using um, digital payments for a long time, Felicity, and I'm a big user of Apple Pay. And I find all those kind of devices very useful. But at the same time, I still need cash. And it's something I notice I need on a day-to-day basis. So I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. What are you using cash for, though? Well, I pay the cleaner in cash. If my son loses a tooth, I pay him some pocket money in cash. If I owe money to people, I might give it to them in cash, for example, to my mother, uh, because they sort of work, they work more in that way. My parents prefer to use cash for those kinds of things. It's just something that I've noticed quite a lot recently, particularly during the pandemic, actually. So, for example, some shops don't accept cards because they sort of went back to a, a cash system just to make it simpler because they didn't have an accountant managing their bills for, for a change. So, there were lots of little moments during the pandemic that I noticed I was using cash more. And also I did find, and this is something I've noticed, um, is that a lot of people were hoarding cash during the pandemic. So they weren't actually storing their excess savings in their bank accounts. They were actually putting physical cash under their mattresses. And that's because they liked the fact that they could actually touch it and know that money was there. And during these really, really uncertain times, they they felt safer having the cash than having it stashed in a bank account when they thought the whole global financial system might crash. That's very interesting, actually. I have to say, though, I've only used cash once, uh, which was last April. It was the last sort of 25 dirhams in my wallet um, and Emirates Post was delivering a package and you actually have to pay them cash. They don't have card readers. They don't take, you know, Apple Pay or anything like that. So I handed over the last of my, my banknotes and a few coins as well, you know, just to make up the total amount. That was the last time I, I actually used it. And since then, everything I have paid for has all been digital. Um, we're, we're not using a cleaner anymore um, because, you know, they couldn't come in, you know, to the house with the movement restrictions um, in the UAE and things like that. So I have not used it since. I actually don't have any cash in the house at all. 
Well, I'm now actually making a point to have cash. And one of the big things I need is coins. So living in the UK, for example, if you go to the supermarket, you want to pick up a trolley, you need a pound coin to get the trolley. And the same if you want to pay for parking, not all parking meters have the option to use a card or your Apple Pay. You actually need to pay with coins. So I actually have a whole stash of coins rattling around in my car at any one time to make sure that I can actually pay for these things because I got caught out. I think perhaps when I was in the UAE, I was using cash a lot, less rather. But here in the UK, I do find I need cash. And so I have to make sure I've got coins in my wallet and I've got notes in my wallet. That's really interesting. I mean, just uh, talking about parking yesterday, um, I had to go out to an appointment and, uh, you know, we pay for parking here, but I can do it through my phone after loading up my Milwaukee account online. And you just send a text message. I've got, you know, however many hours I need, you know, for the parking space and whatever. And it's all just done digitally. And it's so simple. I mean, I don't even have to think about coins or banknotes anymore at all. The thing is, though, there's actually lots of, and I, I looked into this then. I thought, oh, God, I'm, I now need cash in my wallet. But is it just for these little things that I'm thinking about? But there's actually a lot more reasons why you might need it. For example, when you travel, when you travel, Felicity, I'm sure you don't spend everything on a card. You generally take out a wad of cash from the exchange and you take it with you because depending on where you're going, you're going to need cash. Not all countries around the world are as advanced as the UAE. And a lot of the times you will find yourself paying in cash. So you need to have international currencies in cash, I find, particularly when you're traveling. Yes, I agree with that. But that said as well, I haven't done any traveling since 2019. Um, so I haven't haven't even really thought about exchanging cash. But to be fair, though, because we all traveled so much before the pandemic, you always had, you know, those other currencies from the countries that you've been visiting. Usually, if we go to London, for example, I would always come home with 100 or 200 pounds in cash. And so, you know, you just tuck that away for your next trip and things like that, um, rather than having to exchange again before you leave and whatever. But definitely, you know, I do agree that you do need cash depending on where you're traveling to for a cab or something from the airport and and whatever. And also for tipping, tipping. I think tipping is really important. It's much nicer to give a tip in cash than it is to say, oh, I'll whack it on the card because you can't be sure that that, that money is actually going to go through to that person. I find that if you physically hand it to that particular individual that's given you a great service. There's, there's something much more kind of rich in that moment than just whacking it on the card and hoping it filters through that business down to that particular individual. So tipping, you need cash for tipping. That's very important. You do, you do. But on the flip side, though, um, a lot of people say that they've been using less cash because they're worried about spreading the infection, for instance. Um, and that's one of the reasons why they've switched, you know, to a full digital payment life. Yes. And that was something, you know, it has accelerated that transition over to a digital digital world. You know, we are we are paying for more things in cash. A lot of countries have increased the amount that you can just tap and go with your card on to make it easier for people to pay for things so they're not fiddling around with their wallets with cash. And 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 at one point it was something that the World Health Organization said that they warned that cash was could potentially spread the virus. And so everybody backed off. And so perhaps that's why there's all those you know, all that money stashed under mattresses. People didn't know what to do with their money. So they've just, they've kind of hidden it away. But I mean, going forward, the pandemic will ease, we all hope, and we will be able to kind of return to a normal life. And I don't know if 
if cash is going to get forgotten completely. I know that there's all these great statistics out there about this cashless world that we're going to live in in the future. But I I'd still think there's a place for cash and maybe the two need to coexist in some way. There was a survey that was done uh, last September by Standard Chartered in the UAE and it found that 64% of the respondents expect the UAE to be a fully cashless society by 2030. And I mean, considering I'm already living that reality, millions of other people around the world and here are also doing that. It doesn't bother me at all that we'll have a fully cashless society. I mean, Scandinavian countries have been going that way for quite a number of years now, you know, Sweden, Denmark, um, Norway, Finland. And I feel that it's it's inevitable that it is going to be a cashless life for us all. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. Let's set the scene. So you're out, you're having, you're having a, a meal out with some friends, you're having a great time, the bill comes in, you've got to divvy it up, you've got to pay your share. You look in your wallet, your card's not there. You look at your phone, your phone's dead. How are you going to pay? You're going to have to then turn back to cash. You should have some cash sitting in your wallet ready to go. So you're caught out, you're going to be borrowing off your friends and you're going to have to sort that out later. So in that moment, that kind of emergency moment. And there's always going to be emergency moments like that. And sometimes more serious than that one going out for dinner. But you haven't got that option. You've, you've kind of cut yourself off there. Yeah, no, I see that as well. And I mean, there's also the scenario where, um, for instance, your wallet could be stolen. But, you know, on the flip side as well, I can't imagine leaving my card at home um, if I was going out. But some people that happens to some people I'm sure it does um, I tend to forget other things rather than um, my ability you know my card and ability to pay but it's also a, as a personal finance tool and it's something that a lot of people have used over the years you know as you you and I both know I used to work in the personal finance field when I was in the national in Abu Dhabi and it's something that often used to get advised by the experts was for people who are struggling with debt and overspending and they just don't know how to manage their money. Their advice was just to take the, the cards out of the equation because it's very easy to tap and go with your card. Just tap, ping, off it goes, don't think about it. And, and so what they used to advise was the envelope method where you decide, right, I've got 8,000 dirhams coming in. I'm going to put 2,000 into an envelope to pay for my grocery bills. I'm going to put 1,000 in, into an envelope to pay for going out, uh, 500 for petrol. And you have all these different envelopes with a cash limit in it. And you have to spend within that limit. It's a very old fashioned personal finance trick to help you save money, but it works because you're not just putting it on the card and thinking, oh, I'll deal with that later when that bill comes in. You're dealing with it in the moment. It's kind of almost goes back to that being present and mindfulness and, and being completely in touch with your money. And there's no greater way to do it than to pay with cash. Yeah, absolutely. But that envelope me method, I mean, it, it's a classic way, um, you know, to manage your money. It's been around for goodness knows how long. But there are some really good digital apps that also use that, um, you know, that way, the, the envelope method to divvy up what you've got for, you know, various bills and living expenses and things like that. But I also have to say that, um, and I've, I'm, I'm actually writing about, you know, this whole topic for a column that I've written for this week. And um, one thing I do say is that I feel, I mean, this is me, I'm not saying it's for everybody else, that I feel that I manage my money better as I have to make more of an effort to log on to a website, say, to buy groceries. 
And as I'm shopping, I can see exactly how much I'm spending, you know, because the total amount is increasing as I add another item to the basket. And I'm ensuring that I stay within my budget. But another thing is I don't use credit cards. I'm only using a debit card. And that debit card has got my monthly budget on it. Everything else I take out, I put into savings and, you know, various other things. So it's not an infinite amount of money that I'm spending. Um, I am extremely aware that I've got X amount for each week of the month and I stick to it really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I'm a debit card fan and I, I don't even have a credit card anymore. I, I love that. I love the fact that I don't have a credit card. And I, you know, the debit card works for me because it, I know that what's in the account is what I can spend. But again, going back to that, having that cash limit, if you're going around the supermarket and you know you've only got... 150 dirhams to spend that day in the supermarket, you really are going to stick to it and you'll be putting items back. And it's the same with children. I really do. I kind of really got persuaded back onto cash by watching the way my children budget, because although they have bank accounts and they can access their money that way, they still think very much with a cash mindset. And so they add up every single, every single tiny, tiny amount and work out if it fits into their budget and their budgets are much smaller than ours. And I keep thinking, actually, you know, it's very important to teach children about money through cash. I think that that, that kind of old fashioned stacking up the coins and watching your money box grow. I think that's a really important tool because it just teaches them that it's a finite resource. It's It doesn't grow on trees. We can't go around picking it up. You've got as much that is physically in front of you. And I think if we lost that completely and only let them rely on on you know paying through their phone i think you kind of you'd almost take away the 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 lovely lesson that goes with learning about money as a as a young child definitely i mean for young children up to 10 years and the tweens and things like that definitely it really works it helps a lot but also you've got to think about you know sort of the older gen z's and the millennial you know millennial generation and how they they've taken their digital lives and they're, it's all encompassing. You know, they're using digital banking apps. They're using, you know, um, apps that where they can transfer money straight to their friends, you know, if they're splitting bills and, you know, things like that. Even as children get older, they'll be at, in 10, 20 years time. How will our lives uh, be revolving around money? What will, we, what will we be doing? And I think it's going to definitely be all digital. It's not going to be cash anymore. But at the same time, we, we shouldn't be in too much of a hurry. I mean, there's a big campaign here in the UK to protect cash because of the, you know, there's still a lot of people who are unbanked. You have a lot of older generations who don't necessarily have a bank account, or if they do, they pay everything into the bank account with cash. So there's this big problem where a lot of bank branches have been shut because we don't use them as much. But then what happens to those older generations who still want to access that bank account to pay in their pension every week or take money out? There's still a real need for it. And so they've had to find lots of other ways that people can access cash. So for example, you can actually go into your local shop and uh, take cash off your debit card from your local shop because there is still such a need for cash. And I think in the UAE, there's also, there's another big problem there with the unbanked. You know, a lot of the low-income workers don't have bank accounts. They live their life through cash. And we must be very careful not to forget them. I agree with that as well. But I think when you see a lot of, you know, fintech startups now, that's what they're doing. They're helping the unbanked, you know, the world's unbanked. I mean, there's millions of them around the world, um, and they're making a making a big difference in the way 
uh, money can tr be transferred, for instance, you know, how they can get paid, all those sorts of things. And it's a lot easier for them to, to have these banking apps than it is to open up a physical bank account with, you know, um, you know through a branch here or in the UK or, or something like that. The other thing I always think is that there's a, a kind of a security and a, a privacy element to it as well. You know, every time you use your card, there's some trace of where that's happening and where that money's gone to. People know what you've spent your money on. I'm not saying that my bank is sitting there going, oh, well, this has just spent X, Y, Z on a new handbag. But it means that somebody's watching, someone's tracking that. And and sometimes you don't want people to know. And, and you've talked about things like financial infidelity in the past and how people can hide that. But sometimes you don't want people to know what you're spending your money on. And it's not because you're doing anything wrong. It might be as simple as you want to buy your spouse a present and you don't want them to know about it. At the moment, because my husband and I have joint account, everything pings up and, and he can see that I've been into X shop. And, and vice versa, I can see that he's just bought some new tool in some other shop. And so there's no there's no secrecy in a way. And so if you want to buy a present, you've got to take out cash. But um, So, you know, there's that kind of privacy element. But sometimes you don't want all your data to be easily accessed by the world and easily accessed by hackers. I mean, cash kind of does remove that threat of the hackers getting your cash because it's in your hand. They can't get that amount. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know uh, hackers can be a major issue, but I bank with HSBC here and I made a payment. I tried to make a payment uh, to to something for something the other day and I've switched apartments and, um, or, you know, moved to another apartment, but I haven't updated the new address. So, um, you know, the card kind of, you know, there, there was a bit of a disconnect um, and immediately I got a text message from HSBC saying, you know, we've noticed that this, uh, you've tried to make this payment. Is this you? Or if it's not, please, you know, answer Y or, or N for no. They were on it immediately. I find HSBC is very, um, very active in terms of protecting their customers from fraud. But I think that we're both in the personal finance space. We've both seen people lose a lot of money through through scammers and hackers and it's quite devastating and getting that money back can be a very difficult thing yes and and the thing is yes cash you know it, it, it's just notes at the end of the day and you don't want to be walking around with thousands and thousands in your wallet it's much safer to keep it in the bank and and to transfer it through those channels and yes you're protected to some degree but I like cash and I think that just comes back to a personal feeling. I think I, as I was, you know, talking about pocket money, I remember watching, I had this special little money box where you'd put the coin in and then it would roll into the appropriate sized column for that coin. And you could literally watch it stack up. And it's something that's always stuck in my mind. And yes, I like seeing it stack up in the bank account. I like seeing the amounts go up. But there's something really real about having money in your hand. And it really makes me much more aware of how much that money is worth. And because if you've got 50 pounds or 50 dirhams in your wallet and then you go and spend it and it's gone, you have to really think more carefully about what you're spending on. I think it, for me, it really kind of makes that connection between where your money is going 
and how much that money is actually worth. And I, and it, I, I don't know. I think it's still got a real place in our society. Maybe in the future, a long time after I've gone, there'll, there'll be no cash. But for now, I really think it's, it's, got a, it's got worth and relevance. And I think we should hang on to it. Don't, don't give up too easily. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I mean, I remember when I was, you know, young and, you know, I would be putting money into my into my money bank and also taking money to school because um, the bank would come every week for us to put a little bit of money, a little bit of our, you know, sort of pocket money into a bank account and things like that. It was always very exciting, you know, to see it all add up. But I have to say, I haven't missed using cash at all. And I've also noticed one thing that I've also noticed is that I'm actually having I'm spending less and I'm having no, you know, a few no spend days, well, quite a few no spend days a month. Um, because I, I don't really need to to buy anything. But isn't that pandemic related? You know, we're all spending a little less at the moment, I think. I think definitely, you know, that's part of it. But I, I'm really hoping that that these habits that I've you know, started, you know, over the past 15 months or so are going to continue into the future. I mean, for example, if, if I go to work, you know, I'll take lunch in, I'll take my own water in and things like that. So I'm not spending money during the day. Um, the only real sort of spending I'm doing is putting petrol in the car. And that's, you know, not as often as it used to be as well. So what's the bottom line here, Felicity? Is it cash over for you? It's all over. There's never going to be any more cash in your wallet? I, I mean, yeah, it's it's quite possible. I mean, you know, for me, I, I'm thinking about the future and, you know, a cashless society. There have been issues identified with having a, a full 100% cashless society. I'm fully aware of that. I think, you know, perhaps it depends on a person's personality as to how and if, you know, they want to adapt this type of life. For me, I'm fully embracing it, definitely. My daughter, you know, she gets her pocket money, but I transfer it into onto her card um, and, you know, that's her pocket money for the month. So she's not using cash either, but she's also very careful with what she does. She watches the money pile up, um, doesn't spend it and, you know, kind of convinces me that I should be buying, you know, X, Y and Z things. Um, so she's not using her pocket money, which I think is fairly typical of teenagers these days. But yeah, I mean, for me, definitely, I see myself living a cashless life. But again, as I said, I think it just depends on the person and, you know, perhaps the responsibilities that they've got. I don't have a cleaner, so I don't need to pay pay them in cash. Well, I do have somebody washing my car, but I transfer the money to them through a bank transfer, all those sorts of things. So I just can't see myself using it anymore. Well, next time you travel, then you'll have to, you, you, I think you'll be challenged. I think it will be a challenge because it's, it, I think the UAE is very unique. And I think there are so many digital apps and ways that you can pay without ever going near cash point or an ATM. But I think globally, it's a different story. It is definitely, definitely. And I mean, that's, and you are right on that point, you know, traveling, you will have to make sure that you've got cash, um, you know, just in case um, you could get pickpocketed, you could, you know, I mean, the, the cab driver may not take, um, you know, you have a card reader, so you will need to pay them in cash. It just depends, you know, which country you're visiting and uh, what you'll be doing. I think it's not like that all around the world, um, but definitely it will depend on where you're going on a holiday. The only thing I'll, I'll add, actually, against cash is that 
Uh, sometimes I find, and this is a very, very personal thing, is I'm quite allergic to life, you know, like dust and allergens out there. And sometimes if I'm handling a lot of money, particularly money that's been churned through the system, so I haven't got a, bank, a you know, brand new note, um, it can actually, I can get a slight allergic reaction. So as much as I'm fighting for cash, <laughs> and I do love cash, I have to say I've noticed that I don't get as many allergic reactions to coins and cash because I'm possibly not handling it as much as I used to. But at the same time, if I've got a lovely crisp note in my hand, there's nothing better. Yeah, I remember those days. It's been a while for me, but it's interesting that you you do have an allergy to cash. Um, that's that's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> and an allergy to newspapers. So there you go. Oh, another <laughs> irony in your life. Um, <laughs> that's very amusing. Well, Alice, thank you very much. It's been a really, really interesting conversation. Um, I think, I'm, I mean, I agree with lots of your points, um, but uh, I think it's possibly more of a personal thing, uh, a personal choice uh, to go cashless or not. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you this week to Alice Hayne, the National's business correspondent in London. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pf@thenational.ae. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocketful of Deerings on your podcasting app to receive weekly updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison, and I've been your host, Felicity Glover. Hold up. 